Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurts, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice. It's the 49er faithful UK show. While the Niners didn't serve up a 50 burger for the birthday boy, they did start the season's home games with a convincing 30-12 win over the New York Giants. While it wasn't a, too bad a game to watch, it did have that ever-so-special Thursday night football feeling that we've all come to know and tolerate, I guess. I'm Gary Billis. <laughs> Refreshed and relaxed and barely awake, it's Lee Gowland. Um, barely awake? No, I'm not doing too bad. I am refreshed. And uh, hi, guys. How are you doing? It's Paul Hope. Three and all, baby. Yeah. And Najee Karar. Hello, everyone. Hello, boys. Uh, so, sounds like you had a good birthday, Lee. Uh, you've got a little bit of a special feature, I think, to introduce a surprise on the podcast. Yeah, I do. So, it was a surprise to me once I got to the stadium because I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> had I known it was going to happen, I don't think I'd have drank as much as I did before I got to the stadium. Um but as soon as we uh, got into the stadium, Nick Clark uh, called us and said, look, we've got Talk Sport here today uh, and they'd like to do an interview with you. Is that OK? I said, yeah, no problem. We'll do the interview. Um, so I was interviewed by John O. Jackson from Talk Sport. That was before pretty much the gate had opened and the, uh, the, the rest of the crowd had come in. So we managed to get a decent interview done while it was still relatively quiet. Um, and then I could go off and do the whole team store stuff and stuff like that and it was like a pre-recorded bit that was going to be aired during um half time of the giants game on the talk sport um program which i believe was hosted by will gavin last thursday night um and obviously it was the the niners giants game that was on um so yeah so here is that interview now because i've just received it and i thought it'd be best to put it in this podcast let me know what you think so here we are third game of the season lovely day tailgating is going on out there but we're in the stadium nice and early block 146 and you're the king of this area i've heard apparently apparently so so this is my third time in less than 12 months and um, the gold mine is a very good opportunity for fan chapters to bring their members across and actually get into the stadium free of charge and um, to say it's free of charge is uh, a slightly a misnomer because they make you work for it <laughs> so for the four quarters we need to produce the fan noise in the stadium we started off with the defense chance and then try and get as much noise in the stadium as possible so it gives the ordinary fan a chance to um, actually feel a part of the game and actually do something to help the team win it must be quite daunting actually when you come to these stadiums in the united states if you're used to the soccer stadiums football stadiums back home they're a lot smaller and if you're going as a fan on your own in that kind of stadium you can get away with it whereas here i mean it's very overwhelming so do you welcome people who sort of travel over from the uk on their own and maybe need some people to hang out with um without a shadow of a doubt i would actually say it's quite the opposite of what you just said there i feel more at home going to an nfl stadium whether it's levi stadium or anywhere else and being welcomed by the opposing fans you don't tend to get that over in the uk if you go to a premier league game championship game it's all very tribal over there there's a lot of uh, negativity around opposing fans whereas when you come over to the us everybody welcomes you with open arms um, both myself and one of the other guys that have come over from the UK today, we've been sat in a bar this morning talking to a guy that's come over from the east coast of the US, a Giants fan, and it's as though we're brothers already. <laughs> we can just talk NFL. It doesn't matter that our teams are going up against each other today. It's just such a welcoming atmosphere. And I would recommend it to anybody who's hesitant about coming across by themselves. 
We see that a lot with the London games as well. You know, there's only two teams playing, but we see every team represented with the jerseys and with people having a great time. And actually, when you mention, you know, the UK football culture, you look out over here at thousands of people all hanging out together. There's no trouble. Everyone's having fun. You know, we just walk through there right now and people are offering us food and drinks and we don't know these people. And it's, you know, it's amazing. And actually, I wore a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey around town yesterday and got stopped by loads of different people. And they wanted to talk about the game. They wanted to talk about teams. You imagine that between Millwall fans and Leeds fans in the UK, that wouldn't happen at all. So, you know, I, I think you're right there. I'll go with you on that. You say you start the atmosphere, you get everything going. Have you ever started a Mexican wave? No, no, we don't. I mean, I'm one of these old-fashioned people that think you shouldn't do a Mexican in there wave unless the game is so dire, there's no other entertainment. What you find in the NFL, there's always entertainment there. Even when a game's a little bit lopsided, something can change that game at the end. So, I, no, I'm, I'm not in favour of uh, the Mexican wave. I don't particularly like it myself. Um, I'd rather make the noise and help my uh, team win. You say about excitement, it's already been an exciting few years for the 49ers. Yeah. Maybe not the success quite that you've wanted. You've nearly got there, but it's been, what, nearly 30 years since the, the Niners won the Super Bowl. Do you think this is finally the year? Yeah, so it's been 28 years since the 49ers won the Super Bowl. We've obviously been in two since then, lost them both. Um, this year definitely feels as though it's the year, it feels different. We've got the roster to, to actually take us all the way. Brock Purdy is still absolutely mind-blowingly good. Um, we, we, if we're honest as a 49er fan, you're kind of just waiting for that to drop off somehow. Mm. But then every week he proves you wrong and he's just too good to be true which is the, the, the fact about it. He, he was drafted 262 overall, Mr. Irrelevant, and he's doing stuff that somebody drafted that position shouldn't do. Was there any, I mean, I'm sure there was scepticism from the, the guys that you come and watch the game with, because as you say, people probably think, oh, well, this is just a one-off. And then he has two good games. You're like, okay, just got lucky. And then as you say, just not dropped off at all. And we, you know, we've seen people who have been thought of as, as higher ranked, leave and, and make their way elsewhere and he stays and he's QB number one. So I'm glad you asked because the game he came in and replaced Garoppolo, I was actually here in the goldmine again um, with three other Britons. Um, when Garoppolo went down and was carted off, we all kind of turned the air a little blue. We were all a little despondent thinking, well, that's our season gone. Brock Purdy came in and he had a shaky first couple of, um, first couple of drives. Uh, some of his passes could have been better. But then as the game went on and he grew into it, we couldn't believe what we were seeing. Um, what we say, so we've got a podcast on the 495th UK, and what we always say is, use the eye test. The eye test is better than anything else. Forget about the stats. What does he look like when he's playing? Is he making the right decision? And every time Brock Purdy gets that ball, he is making the right decision. He's a very good quarterback. He is. I was hosting that game that you were here for back in London, and we talked in the, in the pre-show about Brock Purdy, and it just seemed like for some reason we gave him too much discussion and then, you know, he came into the game and then, you know, the rest is history. So it's going to be fantastic to see what he can do here against the Giants. This season, as I say, is looking good. The sport is growing massively in the UK. You know, we see the UK games selling out straight away. We've gone on to Germany. Obviously, there's the game in Mexico as well. The 49ers are one of those teams that are really pushing themselves to expand their fan base. And obviously, you know, the fact that we're listening to the 49ers versus the Giants here on TalkSport tonight means that that's part of it and it's it's huge it must be quite nice to be part of a team that's really pushing themselves in the country you're you're living in so not only is it good to be part of a team that's doing that we we are actually part of that team doing that mm. so the 49ers reached out to us as the the, the premier um, fan chapter outside the us 
we are helping them grow the fan base. I actually delivered them with a, a six-page strategy document at the start of uh, August to say, this is what you need to do in the UK. So my background is in IT infrastructure, but I've since gone into operations direction. I, I run companies. Um, so I, I presented them with a strategy document to say, this is how you should be growing in the, the fan base, not just in the UK, but globally as well. Do it in the UK first, test it out there. If it works, you can use this wherever you go. It's good that they've got the UK market rights. We've obviously got competition from five of the other teams in uh, the UK. We would like to be the one that grasps that. So it's all a case of deciding what success looks like, deciding what the product is that you're actually going to present to people. Because in my mind, the product isn't what you're seeing on the field. It's, it's not the team, it's not the organisation. If you want to grow the fan base, the product is actually the fans themselves in the local area. So in the UK, we have a lot of meetups where we get fans together and everybody enjoys that because they finally get to watch a game with somebody who supports the same team. And that kind of drives the membership. We even have uh, fans from other teams turn up to our meetups because our meetups are such well attended. Uh, and some of the things they would say is, I wish I'd known about this group before I decided on the team that I support, but I'm now too far along the road to try and change my allegiance. But if I was ever to meet somebody who was on the fence, I would say here, check out the 49 of the UK. They know how to hold a meetup in the UK. It feels like family. We've had Vikings fans, we've had Lions fans, Bucks fans, and, and they can all see what we're trying to achieve in the UK. And we're trying to achieve that with the organization themselves. So we are closely engaged with them to, to basically meet what success looks like to them. That sounds absolutely fantastic, and I love the fact that you get some defectors as well, because, you know, I mean, I chose my team because my surname is Jackson, and there's yeah. Jacksonville, so that's the where, that's where I am, but there are a lot of people who kind of have several teams, so if you can do that to, you know, to sway them in the way of the Niners, then that is fantastic. What are you doing around the London game? Surely you're, you're going to be recruiting a lot more fans there. So we are, because during one of the London games, we've got the official 49ers watch party. So the 49ers play in the um, Cleveland Browns on October the 15th, I think it is. So we have an official watch party in London City for that game. And the idea is try and get fans of, of the NFL, who haven't quite chosen the team yet, to come and see how the likes of ourselves, 49ers Fair for UK, interact at that watch party and bring them into the family, bring them into the fold, because that's what we are, essentially, we're one big family. Do you have a fantasy league between you all go or you guys? I have five fantasy leagues. It ruins my life. It does. Um, sometimes, sometimes I, I leave it up to the last moment. Um, this week has been a it's been a bad week for me and my fantasy team. But to be honest, I put that aside because it was an even worse week for some of my players. The likes of Nick Chubb suffered a devastating injury to the same knee that he suffered an injury in college. Um, that's why these players should get paid so much. So I do do fantasy, but I'm not one of these who take it out on the players because I think that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You choose the fantasy team as it is. Um, but yeah, I, I like it and I would love to say I'm not competitive, but I am. <laughs> You've got to be competitive. I mean, I do it and I'm absolutely rubbish. And I think three of my players are injured already. I've had to swap them out. But you mentioned how much these players get played and it seem, uh, paid and it seems like a, a good thing to end on with Nick Bosa getting that contract tied down. That's huge for the team. It is huge. I mean, he's a pivotal point, uh, part of the team. Back in 2019, when we drafted him, our cornerbacks, if you looked at them the season before, they were absolutely woeful. They, they couldn't cover anything. 
And the only thing that changed between 2018 and 2019 is that we had a legitimate pass rusher on the edge, and that was Nick Bosa. Once Nick Bosa came in and it reduced the amount of time that the opposing quarterback had the ball, suddenly our cornerbacks were looking all pro, and it was the same cornerbacks as we had the season before. So it makes a huge difference when you don't have to ask your cornerbacks to try and cover somebody for 15, 20 seconds. If it's for three, four seconds because Nick Bosa is breathing down the neck of the opposing quarterback, happy days. We suddenly look like an all-star team. Yep, the team looked great. Obviously, uh, 2-0 so far. The game against the Giants tonight. Now, this is going to be heard on the radio in the UK at half-time. I'm going to ask you for a prediction to end this. Just be, just be wary of where we might be at half-time. Yeah, OK, so I, I, I can't go back on the prediction that I gave in our uh, podcast. And I was very bullish about the prediction as well. And ever since then, I found out a few more tidbits about uh, the Giants that actually make it more, more believable. And I went with an incredibly bold... 52-10 victory for the 49ers. I think we will destroy the Giants tonight. Okay, well, hopefully while you listen to this now, there's a huge Niners lead so that you've got your prediction right. Uh, Lee, thank you very much for chatting to me and I'll let you get continue uh, getting the party started and getting everyone ready to set the atmosphere here at Levi's Stadium. Thank you very much for chatting to me. No problem. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Great stuff. Thank you, Lee. That was fantastic. <laughs> Cheers, thank you. <laughs> I think we should give him for that the guy said it twice I think maybe more can't remember now so I, I couldn't remember counts, that right? if I'm honest yeah I, I couldn't yeah, remember whether you didn't say it said, which... uh, no I didn't and and to you be honest like I said but... before before I introduced the actual the, the, the interview itself both myself and David Betridge had been out since 11 o'clock on the morning downtown San Jose <laughs> where we started drinking with a Giants fan. We were actually queued outside of the bar. Me, David, and this Giants fan waiting to get in. And when the guy opened the door, he said, you lot are keen. <laughs> and uh, we did. We, we had quite a lot to drink before we got to the stadium because we knew once we got to the stadium, it'd be maybe an hour and a half to two hours before we got the opportunity to get a drink because you have to go through the whole waiver process and go through the safety briefing, what to do, what not to do. Uh, and then you have to actually wait for the, the, the drinks, the concession stands to open up. Um, but yeah, I'd had quite a bit to drink. And that fireball shot I had for my 50th, that was more than a shot. That, that, that was like half a pint. <laughs> I could not believe the size of that when that turned up. Um, obviously, you'll have seen the video of it. Uh, David Betridge took, he put it on Twitter. And uh, I, I'm ashamed that I could not down it in one. There was just so much no, of it there. come on. No one, and, no and one was, should be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, down in a normal fireball shot, it burns a little bit. Yeah. Down in one where yeah. you've got like three, four fireball shots in the glass, it's a little bit difficult, that. I do sense a theme, though, because when you and I went to Las Vegas, this very same thing happened to us when we went to Hooters. It wasn't open for booze. So yeah. <laughs> we got there and we're like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't sell alcohol until two hours from now, guys too early like, oops <laughs> all i can say is martin hughes said no comment lee when he saw that video i'm joking martin yeah. i'm joking it was a massive yeah. fireball shot so the disclaimer is we do not approve of shots like that it was... no drink responsibly please people yeah <laughs> unlike me so, is that what you're trying were... to say <laughs> <laughs> well that's your own risk you're old enough now i think <laughs> yeah 
So thinking back, do uh, do any of you actually remember the game on Thursday? We're recording Monday night, so uh, it's uh, it seems a long time ago. Uh, it does, you, yeah. Do you lads have your talking points on the game? Kind of. Blank, blank faces. Go on, No, no, no. So I'll actually do my homework for a change. So I'm, I'm going to put a bit of a movie spin on this, okay? So first of all, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about, and I'll give you my, my bullet point for that. So the scoreline. So the movie theme is, Honey, I Shrunk the Burger. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first one. The second one, Purdy's nice. performance. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah. Very nice. Ooh. And the last one, Debo Samuel. Catch me if you can. Very nice. Very good. Very Those good. Yeah, three. someone's put some, nice. some time into the homework. Yeah. Setting yeah, a bar there. Well, you know, oh, you're have to I, I, I had a 20 hour travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, First I'm glad he did his homework. So, as I said to you, chaps, off air. So, I went with a slightly different spin to Lee. So, mine was an imperfect, perfect Purdy leads the 49ers to victory. Pressure? What pressure, chaps? Now, I will say, Gareth, context is important. And I have no doubt that us four fine gentlemen will delve into the Brock Purdy performance. Because if you're anything like me, you've seen the hyperball of it being the worst performance of his career. But you look at the box score, you look at the stats. But more importantly, Gareth, we put 30 points on there. And the only other talking point, Ronnie Bell. My boy, Ronnie. <laughs> we will get to that later. But yes, we will. number 10 is we hung will. up behind me. But that's my uh, talking point for tonight, Gareth, buddy. Great stuff. Over to you, Naji. Follow that. Yeah, yeah. I had kind of three things, quick things. Was that? Well, the first one was, oh, hi there, Mr. Bossa. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, my second one was uh, no BA, no problem. Uh, as in, I don't know if people know, but uh, Debo's Instagram is 19 problems. So, Ooh, bit of a bit, bit meta. Of a, Bit meta, yeah, very in with the kids. Uh, and my last one was, uh, did you guys know we have more than one running back? Apparently we do. <laughs> and that was good to see. I almost went along those uh, lines. Um, I've gone for birthday boy buoyant as Brock Better's Big Blues Blitzing. Uh, how <laughs> is that not a safety? I clearly need to brush up on the rules. Uh, and finally, O-line, okay? Mm, I'm going to leave that one hanging. But I'm going to pick up first, I think, the uh, the point that Paul made. Um, I, I always believe the NFL has this thing. You, you're not considered a good or a great player until you do it in a primetime game. Um, I thought Purdy had a pretty good game, given that he was blitzed more than any other quarterback has ever been blitzed while they've been recording that stat. Um, Paul, help me make sense of what people are, are not seeing that I'm seeing with Brock Purdy. Because I, I thought we- he had a cracking game. And those I two mean, touchdown passes are as sweet as you will ever see. Oh, I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, we can. everybody goes on Google. You can get the stats for yourself. But the biggest thing for Brock Purdy, for me, was the explosive players. We had six explosive players at the NFL look at classes, deep ball. So you look at the Debo Samuel touchdown. Let's face it, we've never seen that before under Kyle Shanahan. That touchdown pass was amazing. The blitz, we talked in the preview show, chaps, that the Giants were going to blitz because 
that's what they do. They were aggressive. I didn't think they were going to blitz 84% of the time. And in the NFL, it said that if you blitz a rookie quarterback, it puts pressure on them. Hence my pun at the start, pressure. What pressure? Yes, it wasn't perfect. As I said, an imperfect, perfect Purdy. He didn't turn the ball over. Two touchdowns. He got the ball out quicker than he's ever got out before. And he threw for the most yards in a regular career game, like a regular season game, than he's done before. I just think we're spoilt with Brock Purdy, as Nadji has been driving the Brock Express for months now. What more do people want to see, Gareth? I know some of the content creators are trying to get the clickbait and there's talk of you know what we gave up for Trey Lance. We need to enjoy this offense. 30 points again. We haven't even started. As Nadji said, Brandon Ayuk has been his favorite target. No Brandon Ayuk. Ronnie Bell stepped up. Debo Samuel stepped up. Hello, Mr. Kittle. It was nice to see you in there. Pass catch and roll. So I thoroughly enjoyed Thursday night's game. And I just think Brock Purdy's going to get better and better. So for me, Gareth, buddy, I just don't know what the problem is. I don't know. Nadji, can you explain it? Why Brock's been still getting a bit of negative criticism and people are just not are watching a different guy, clearly. Yeah, it, I don't know. I think it's probably jealousy a little bit. People can't quite handle the fact that we found this guy and he's actually that good. Um, it's also, I think Lee's alluded to in his interview and he said it before anyway, we're still waiting for that one game that he's going to have a bad game because it's going to happen at some point. That proves that he's actually human. Um, and every time he's kind of a little closer because in fairness, he hasn't been as good as he has been in the past. So I think people are just jumping to conclusion. But uh, I mean, <laughs> you guys, I, I'll take this kind of performance any day. Um, Go and watch uh, Sunday Night Football and tell me you miss Jimmy. Uh, you know, uh, I just, I just, you know, this, he's played good enough for us to put 30 points, and we didn't even need 30 points. So we win the game, we move on, onto the cards, and it's just more fine. It's fine. We're winning. We're 3-0. Why are we picking holes in, I don't know. I don't understand why either. He's the best. Let's just enjoy it. You were there, Lee? He was that vaguely sort of blobby, fuzzy shape moving around in your middle distance. That was Brock Purdy. It was. I could have sworn that was David Betteridge. Um, yeah, I mean, just take all what uh, Nadji just said there and what I alluded to in the actual in the interview itself. We, we still can't quite believe how good he is, and we are kind of waiting for that fall. But it was a tough game for him on Thursday night. I, I agree. It probably was his worst game that he's played for us. But he still played well. He had a few shaky throws. He had a few that he could have he, he could have put it in a little bit better placement. Um, I think Debo didn't help him that much either. He, he did drop a few. But I thought he did really well considering. I mean, like Paul just said, eighty four percent blitz rate, and he's still getting the ball out. He's getting the ball in the playmaker's hands, uh, and that pass to Debo at the end of the fourth quarter, that touchdown pass, wow. Absolutely on the money. I think I think he was stood on either the forty-seven or forty-eight yard mark when he threw that. So that's pretty much gone fifty yards into the end zone, and it's been pinpoint. Uh, and people say he doesn't have an arm. To me, that looked as though he had an arm there. He had an arm oh, yeah. that can keep defenses honest. Um, and, and for people to look at his performance negatively 
because it was still a good performance. It just wasn't one of his best. I, I think they've got an ulterior motive. They've got they've got a narrative that they're trying to twist, and it's probably because they haven't particularly warmed to him. Um, it's it's the it's the whole forty nine er thing. We have so many fans that think you can only like one quarterback. You can't like them all, or you can't like the backup and the number one. And you have to have one guy or the other, and you can't have both, which I, I can't get my head around. I just can't get my head around that whatsoever. To me, Purdy's our number one. I said it on the interview as well. It's the eye test. Just watch him play. Oh, yeah. He just does things that but the others are not doing. With with the eye test, the stats go with it, and that's why I can't understand why people yeah. are saying, particularly in this one, that Purdy had a bad game. They were He was a little bit out of sync at the beginning, but it's a Thursday night football when they haven't practised, and he adjusted. I actually think it was one of his better games, given the situation, the pressure he was under, and the blitzing he was under. I, I think it was a it was a great performance, um, and the, you know the stats show it up as well. So it just doesn't. Maybe it didn't have that wow factor, uh, but some of the some of the passes from watching the highlights back. There's a couple. There's a couple to the Kittle and Debo. There's no sort of wow to it that would grab your eye, but it's a perfect pass. He gets the ball when it's needed and when it's needed to get there, time and time again, on time and precise. It's just not the the kind of flashy passes, and I think maybe that's something that, that he's not clearly a flashy player. He's highly efficient, and he just gets the job done without needing to do a quick run around and dodge three tacklers and pump fake and then get the ball out. He just gets the ball out <laughs> two seconds later and it's done. So anyway, hopefully we can put that one to bed. Uh, on the pick up so, Maggie, so, there was a... So, j- 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 just before on, we get a fair party, one thing... No, no, it is Purdy. It's all about Purdy. Um, so obviously being at the game, one thing you don't get to see is up, up close what's going through the player's mind. Whereas watching it back on TV, watching the game in 40 um, this morning, you could see some of the throws that uh, weren't coming off for Purdy. The look in his face was basically one of determination rather than a despondent look. It was, well, okay then, if that's what you're going to do, I've got a way around that. You could see he was thinking, okay, that didn't work. That didn't work. I know what I'm going to do next time. That, that's what it says to me. You can just kind of read that when you see them. And obviously, being at the game, you can't see that because you're a mile away. You're a mile away and you're, half, you're like 10 sheets to the wind after uh, tailgating all afternoon. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Gareth, in a way that he did stand up to be counted on Thursday night. Mm. Things weren't going as well like they have other games. But you could see he, he never lost heart in that. And he kind of learned quite quickly. Well, that's what I was meaning, Gareth, when I said an imperfect Perfect Purdy. 33 of the 39 dropbacks he was pressured on. He hit 20 for 31 for 247 yards, two touchdowns, and more importantly, zero interceptions. As Nadji said, some of my non 49ers fans hit me with that. You don't yeah. watch football. I tuned in and watched Sunday night football. I was watching other quarterbacks around the league. I was seeing interceptions being thrown. I was seeing dangerous passes yeah. being thrown. I think Brock yeah. sometimes, chaps, doesn't do the whole beat the chest after a big play. Like you said there, Lee, he dusts off the, the bad player and he wants to get straight yeah. back on. He's commanding so, his offence. Uh, He's got uh, the C on his chest. 
I, I know why Najee was laughing there because there was two players that really should have been picked off. It was just because our skill players, made, made, yeah, yeah, made a really important uh, block on that. Kittle was the the one that stands out when he managed to get his hands in front of the ball. That that yeah yeah. You mean that the DB blocked that was a period when he did when he did the seatbelt <laughs> celebration. Yeah. He needed to get that in the stat sheet. That was a great DB knockdown. But yeah. we talk about luck in the NFL league, and we're saying zero interceptions. That's what counts. And that just says sometimes you make your own luck. And the team mm-hmm. behind Brock Purdy, he's thrown those balls, and Kyle Shanahan isn't shouting out from the sideline. The team aren't saying, right, okay, you've thrown a couple of wobbly ones. Let's go back to the run game. And that's why I, I, I punder imperfect, perfect, yeah. because we're sat here 3-0. Oh, what more do people want? I'm just confused, Gareth. <laughs> Nagy, I think you're going to weigh in on Purdy before I move on to running backs. Unless you want to go straight for running backs. Yeah, yeah. Like a Mitchell, I think. Yeah, um, I don't know what you guys made of Mitchell's performance. I wasn't super impressed. I think it really shows why CMC is a special player. It just makes it look effortless and easy. It just glides through the hole. Uh, to be fair to Mitchell, he hasn't had much practice at all, if any. Uh, and he's not up game speed yet, I think. Uh, and that's why he needs rep. Uh, he did break a, a big one for about 18 yards, I think it was, which was... The, the usual Mitchells we used we used to, and that was nice to see. But yeah, I think he's going to need to get up to speed a little faster, um, and for that he's going to need to play. And Kyle's command said that that wasn't the plan; it just happened to be that way. I think just because CMC is that good, and it's just hard to take him out of the game. Um, but I think we will see more Mitchell uh, in the future, especially in games where bit easier and will probably score big and they won't score much um but you know it was nice to see and and jordan mason had a couple of snaps at the end as well uh, that's what you want to see um there's too many seasons where we relied on four or five guys uh for, for us to it's a, it's a bit nerve-wracking to just see one guy there and just putting it all on his shoulder essentially um but yeah, no, I, I'm happy to see the change in the evolution already. Week three, yeah. I know it was it's a quick game Thursday and all that, so that called for it. But yeah, it's nice to see, and it's nice to see Mitchell. Um, he's gonna have to play better though, I think, if he wants to stay with us next year. Um, but that starts by playing. So um, yeah, I don't know what you guys make of it, um, but I'm, I'm pleased is uh, is the word I would use. So I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I would agree with all of that. Um, The Elijah Mitchell uh, 18-yard run, that's the one that sticks out, that one run where I thought, yeah, that's how he does run. That's much better to see that way. I think you've pretty much absolutely nailed it. He didn't look... He didn't look like his old self. It's probably his lack of reps, other than that one run. And if he does get more reps, then potentially we've got two really good running backs again. Uh, But... If CMC can last the full game and we're not running away with the score, I don't see why we should move away from CMC, to be honest. That's that's just well, it's durability, isn't it? It's just seasons are long and you want yeah. you want if you can have two or three guys that are good, it makes defences off balance as well. It's harder to defend if you don't know what's going to happen when you go this guy and this guy and that guy. Uh, for the future, you know, thinking January football here. Uh, I think it'll be good to keep CMC yeah. fresh. That's all. I had a slightly different take, Nadji. And as a running back, I wanted your take. I think 
the second game, CMC was very explosive and there was big chunk yards. But I think for Mitchell, unfortunately, on Thursday Night Football, CMC was consistent. He got 119 yards, but there were very like eight, nine, ten yards. It wasn't that big explosive play where he won the angry run. And I think Kyle didn't want to take that trust away. But you're right in what you're saying. It's nice to see Jordan Mason get a couple of snaps at the end. And like you said, Lee, the crowd got on the feet when Mitchell did that run. I know at three, four o'clock in the morning in the UK, it was hard to not cheer. But the run game for me complemented the pass game, which is I think we've always wanted to see Gareth in San Francisco. We weren't too run heavy and it just felt CMC. I'm just in love with that man. What can I say? He's definitely my next jersey. So he's just, I knew he was good, but I just didn't know he was going to be this good. And I can't wait to see him in person when we go over to the gold mine. Yeah. Cheeky plug. Good to see uh, good to see Mitchell and, and good to see Mason. Um bit of an extension of the run game, uh, the O line. Um I put O line okay because I didn't think they did too badly given that they were being blitzed. Um and there were certainly a few runs where I think your your new boy, Colton McKivitz, uh, got in with a few blocks. And you certainly you don't have a commanding performance like this without winning in the trenches. And I, I think the, the O line did Okay, am I am I alone in that, or or do you think that that's still no, an area of concern? Not. I, I would agree with that. Um, obviously, this this is going into my player talking about, so I may as well cover it off here. So McKivitz, I, I thought he was quite steady on Thursday night. He continues to make me completely forget about his performance on the first game, which at the moment is is looking to be an outlier of games because he was dreadful game one. He's progressed since then. He is looking quite steady. He did miss a block. I think it was third quarter. Third quarter might have been start the fourth quarter. He missed a block that led to a, um, a tackle for a loss on CMC um, when we were in the red zone. And he just missed that by a million miles, which looked pretty poor. But I don't know if that was a communication issue and he, he didn't really know which his man is. Um, I'm not sure. Other than that, I, I thought he was good. You're right. He got downfield, and when he did get downfield, um, he was making blocks. He was quite quick as well. I didn't realise he was so quick um, when he was getting down there. Um, I think to start the game, to start the game, he was getting a little bit muscled out. He was getting pushed back very easily, but that soon changed. Um, I, I would say probably the, the Giants' first and second drive, he was getting pushed about a bit. But like I said, that changed. And then he settled down and it was steady all the way along. And I like the way he looks in both um, run protection and pass protection. I, I think he is looking like a decent player. The more we see him, the more reps he gets. I think he's going to be a very good replacement for McGlinchey. Paul, you're nodding. How about you, no Paul? One can see. Well, I'm going to repeat myself, chaps. I'm not going to say that well. No. Take a, a, yeah, at least consistent. Yeah, again, the offensive line has been one of those areas where people like to go online and criticise. And like Lee said, Colton McKivitz, people forget he's not an, a starter in this league until this season. Um, they had to deal with the extra pressure. I knew the Giants were going to be aggressive, but I just didn't think they were that aggressive. The thing that stood out for me, Trent Williams, we have to address the elephant in the room. We were very we lucky do. that he wasn't ejected. Um, obviously, we got the call in our favour. It was definitely a punch. Um, and if you didn't think it was a punch, Trent Williams himself has shared the video on his social media, which I'm surprised he's done because on the NFL, there may be a fine coming his way. But I think 
under Carl Shanahan, the offensive line evolves as a unit. And we've just talked about the running game. The running game's only as good because of the offensive line. And Purdy, being as elusive as what he is sometimes, does cover up some of the mistakes. But I'm not overly worried, Gareth. I just think there's room for improvement. But I just want to see um, what happens next week against the Cardinals, which we'll get to on Thursday. I'm aware. I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, they were, I think that was a really good test for for the O-line, um, getting, getting blitzed that much. And I think there's... Is there's something good there with with Purdy and the O line? He's saying to them, "Look, I only need two and a half seconds. Put everything in, and I I will cover you up. I'm not going to eat the sacks and make you guys look bad. Just give me that two and a half seconds. Give me three seconds. It's all you need to do. I'm not asking you to hold this back for for 20 minutes while I I wander around looking for the perfect pass. Uh, and I think it it struck me that you know McGlinchey left for 80 million dollar contract. Uh, I think he is right now probably the better player than McKivitz, but not by much. And I think that sort of puts it into context in terms of where we needed to spend our salary cap. And and you just can't have pro bowlers at every position. And I think you just have to accept that you pick your poison on where do you want to be weakest. And I think obviously uh, O-line is, other than Trent Williams, the rest of it's a pretty cheap unit because Shanahan and Lynch have decided to put the money elsewhere. Um, and this is what you get. You've just got to accept that there's maybe somebody there who's not going to be uh, troubling the Pro Bowl Ooh. selectors, um, but he's good enough. And I think that's that's something good. How, is there some breaking news, or is this a technical error? This is down back. Sorry. <laughs> Crashed out. Lee's muted. Oh, dear. Lee's muted. His microphone He's adding to the suspense. Still yeah. muted. Still muted. Still muted. <laughs> <laughs> Great podcasting. Yes. All right. Can you hear us now? <laughs> oh, yeah, he said it. Do, he don't said you just it. love Hold technology? Oh, he said it. Yeah. He said Mark it. that on the sheet, please. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> that, that's definitely a full so, one. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's breaking news. It's the first time I've seen this. Brock Purdy is the youngest quarterback ever to throw for 700-plus yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions in weeks one to three wow. of the season. Wow. The other two who he's beaten Oh, hang on, hang on. Hang on. No, Have you I just made that up? I know, I know CJ Stroud. No. So Lam- oh. Lamar Jackson. L- yeah, Lamar Jackson is the youngest. Well, whilst yeah. he's so he was twenty-two, he was twenty-three. I I misread what it said. We did was forget it, to say it's more about, about Brock, didn't you? Yeah, this is what I just wanted to. I understand. I understand. Completely. I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's reminded me though, Nadji. We forgot to uh, credit CMC oh, yeah. for tying Jerry Rice for the most consecutive games yeah. with a touchdown mm-hmm. in San Francisco history. So since we've moved on from running backs, we've got to slip that one back Jerry's in. Jerry's so. losing well record because uh, George broke one of his as well last week, didn't he? So, yeah. Indeed. Records are there to be Indeed. broken. There so, some of Jerry's records you never thought were going to be broken, even some of those. And then you think, hang on, we've got two <laughs> yeah. players breaking them at the same time, or at least tying them. Indeed. Bodes well. I think we've we've covered Did the offense quite Ronnie well. Um, we had Did some you, questions on the. On the yeah. We haven't. We, we, we'll cover that on oh, uh, later on. on Paul's. Of course, uh, Paul's player watch. 
We, you missed an O-line See, see what uh, you missed, Nadji. Yeah. Gareth forced us to talk about Did my guy. Oh, yeah, because O-line. Yeah, of course. Because we talked about the O-line. I mean, I've Cold mentioned we're talking about O-line. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about Debo, Gareth. Career high receptions. Pretty impressive no, well, game. We, we, we've been here all That's night true. if we wanted to talk about everybody. <laughs> I was going to uh, flip sides and go over to, to defence where I think we had a few points to mention, but I'm, go- I'm going to start with mine because I can. Uh, can you explain to me why that wasn't the safety? Yes, can anybody explain it? Forward Unfortunately, progress. driving somebody in the end zone doesn't count. They have to be in the end zone when you tackle them for it to count. You can't. Pick- uh, Otherwise, people will get picked up. Otherwise, you can pick up somebody at the 50. You know, those big guys pick up a tiny running back, walk him down the end zone, and that's a safety every time. No, you have to be, you have to make your way to the end zone by yourself before you, uh, yeah. So zero zero forward progress counts as forward forward progress. Zero, but it's still forward progress. Was one hell of a sacrilege. It was a good one. Mm. One hell of a sack of Rooney. I mean, he wasn't touched. If he doesn't get this, that's probably the easiest sack he's ever had. Uh, I don't understand the game plan here, Uh, Mr. Dabble. uh, You're going to have to explain that one to me. Let's not block Bossa at all and see what happens. Yeah, no. Good things are not going to happen to you if you do that. You you aren't questioning the reigning coach (laughs) of the year. It's weird. What what are you doing? (laughs) Just block him with anyone. It's already hard enough with one guy or yeah. two guys. Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely not a sack. Not even close. I think he's had, when he gets contacted, he's had the two or something like that. So uh, yeah, no, no, definitely not. Not a safety. Yeah. And well, that's, that's me learned, schooled. But good to see the two big earners on the D line yeah. both coming up. Oh, with yeah, sack. it's good to see Hargrave. We're signing him for that. He's, that's two and two now. Um, and then both sides with the first one of the season. Yeah, it's good. We needed it. Um, we needed those guys to ramp up. And, and it was always going to take a little minute, get used to each other and how everything works. And new defensive coordinators, so things are slightly different, you know, than when Demeco was here. And, you know, the Rams had a game plan that completely neutralized what we were doing on, on the D-line. Uh, and the Giants didn't have a choice but to pass, so... Uh, Gave us gave us a, a little bit more time to get there. Yeah, no, it's good to see. Again, we're ramping up. This isn't as good as our defense is going to get. Um, I think we're going to get better and better and better. And um, it's good to see the stat line like this. I wish Armstead, really wish Armstead could get more sacks so we could get the recognition because he's one hell of a player. I'm starting to think we did the right thing, letting letting Buckner go and keeping Armstead. You know, I, as much as it pains me to to say it. I think it might have been the right choice. He's uh, he's very, very, very good. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Lee. D line. Gareth. Oh, D line. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, you, you look at the PFF stats and they, they are just ranked so high. I think I think this year. I, th- I can't think of a better D-line that we've had, even when Buckner was here back in 2019. Yvonne Hargrave, every time I see him, every time the ball snapped and I see him move, oh. the first thing I think is How? he yeah. shouldn't be able to move that quick for <laughs> such a big guy. 
He's so strong. He's so quick. He's so elusive. He, he's just taken our defensive line to the next level. And I think, um, obviously, the likes of Nick Post is going to be uh, going to benefit from that. Armstead's benefiting from that. Yeah. And, and so is Drake Jackson. Jackson's gone a little bit quiet over the last couple of games, but he, he is he is starting to cause problems. Um, and again, just looking at the rankings, they, they all rank so high. Um, I don't think it's going to be long before they're all in um, incredibly dark green or blue on the PFF yeah, um, I think, roster. It, it's just a pleasure to see. Obviously, it helps yeah, out. I think out Jackson well. is more of a you know Ebukam default kind of guy. I know he's not a linebacker, um, but he's more of a pass rusher. So he's not always on the field. I think Clarin Farrell is in for him when it's like running downs and stuff. So he's not going right. to have the same impact yeah. as Bosa or. You know, he's totally, he's more of a just pure pass rusher. He's in just to pass rush. So we can't really ask him to, you know, do too much and make tackles and all that. And he's making them. So I think he, and he's young. He's young. He's going to get better. So I think he's playing well. Um, I'm happy with Clayton Farrell as well. So, I mean, our D-line is scary, really scary. And we haven't even got to those, you know, I think all veterans that usually make an impact, we haven't needed them yet. And that's going to happen at some point for sure. So, yeah, look at the NFL. <laughs> I think we're known for being bold on this show, Gareth. But to say no, that this is the surely. best D-line the Niners have seen, it, that isn't bold. And um, an unsung hero, Kinlaw, is quietly living up to the first round pick. And I wanted to give him some credit tonight. I mean, like you said, Nadji, pick your poison on the D-line. Um, they did the bulk of the work. Um, they were up against a couple of um, backups on the Giants. They had a rookie centre. And I think they were facing a backup on the left side, which contributed. But as I say to my friends who always say that we've got an easy schedule, you can only beat who's in front of you. I think our linebackers had a quiet night given the D-line eight. And like you said, Lee, Hargrave, how how he moves that quick is unbelievable. It just goes to show the team we're right to invest all that money in him because we're just so scary up front. And I just yeah. can't wait to see him get better because we're only in week three. They haven't even gelled yet. Bosa wasn't in training camp. Like you said, Nadji, welcome back, 97. But we still expect more. And Kinlaw, maybe it was a gamble not to pick up his fifth-year option. And we did say this in the preseason. Will we come to regret that? But it's nice to see him healthy. I'm playing football with a smile on his face and contributing like a first-round pick should. I just wanted to add that in there before we moved on. <laughs> we'll move on then. Um, I think you're coming though. The um, <laughs> linebackers and, and secondary were uh, were quite quiet. I think oh. not not through their own fault. I just don't know that there was a huge amount that they were were tasked to do. Um, but I will mention uh, Owen Burks. Uh, made a couple of flash plays, made a couple of tackles for loss. Um, we haven't really seen him off make much of an impact off special teams, so I thought that was encouraging. Yeah, he's the third see. third string be- between Fred and Andre, um, and he's slowly but surely ramping up to you know the level of Arsha here and those guys that we want. You know, the guy that's not always there, but sometimes needs you make a big play out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it's good to see. He's very good and. Um, seems to be gelling with the team his second year now. Uh, I mean, you say the linebackers have been quiet, but Fred is everywhere all the time. Uh, the pick doesn't happen if Fred is not in the area again. That's what four pick is responsible for 
in one way or another that he should have he should have had or somebody had very near him. So that's that. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to talk about Dre getting uh, penalties again. The, I think the only real good drive they had is because of uh, unsportsmanlike conduct on him again, throwing somebody to the floor. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's just. That, that was still, I that mean, was still yeah, a bullshit but it's penalty. Still a penalty. Come on. He, he wasn't out of bounds. The player was still. Yeah, but it, 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 it was still a player. Well, he, he didn't yeah, exactly but it's Dre. We, we come to kind of expect yeah. it. It's just. It's just annoying. Um, I don't really mind it. It's just. Sometimes it's just kind of like, come on, Dre. Please. Just. There's no need for it. You're good enough. You don't need to do this. But that's how he plays. And I think I, we're just going to have to suck it up. I, I think, too. Yeah. I think two weeks running, he's, he's been the victim. Of I think he's really got the reputation now, so pretty much identical. Yeah, he's got he's got the reputation. That's what I was. That's gonna the say. thing. He's going to get caught for less now because what, people not... just want to tame him, and uh, and that's 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 not you don't want to be on that side of the, the zebras, you know. When I say quiet, Nadji, for the linebackers, I think New York Giants are very bullish that Daniel Jones was going yeah. to come and run all over us. And I was quite surprised to see that they yeah. didn't use him in that range and his passing <laughs> was nowhere near. So when we say quiet, it was because the D-line hmm. did such a good night. But I mean, yeah. Fred Warner. What more can we say about Fred Warner in this show? Yeah. We love so our 54. It's well said. Ooh, I nearly said it, Lee. Nearly said half? it, but I didn't. I think that's a half. No, 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 no. Well said. Half. I said well, well said. We'll put it to the vote. People, let us let us know people if he said they or not. Half a point, maybe. <laughs> At the moment, it's two and a half to one. So you you're you're, you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, you've got to leave. Uh, uh, another hundred percent game for Jake Moody. A couple of miscues yeah. on special teams, though, which I think were responsible for the Giants' points. Uh, I, I don't want to be too critical of a couple of guys who get their chance on the on the practice squad, um, and this is this is their chance to to do something. Um, unfortunately, it was incur a couple of penalties, but uh, it's it's tough. But I understand why players trying to make an impact you know, feel that this is it. I might only get five snaps. Yeah. This might be all I play this season. I've got yeah. to go and make something happen. Um, but. Uh, yeah, good to see Jake Moody's just no. hasn't missed yeah. one so uh, far. Fingers so, crossed. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm hoping he misses a pointless one soon. Yeah. Just so it's over and done with. Because otherwise yeah, it becomes that's true. a thing. But I mean, he's nailing so, them. They were kind of all pretty much down the middle. It looks easy. So I don't see why you can carry on. Um, no, it's good to yeah. see. I mean, ultimately, you just don't want to really talk about your kicker. It just needs to be this thing that just happened and then you know that happened and you know it's going to. And if he misses one, it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, so I think we're getting there slowly. It's, it's going to take a full season, but yeah, it's good to see. And then the miscue is just, I feel sometimes like the refs feeling a little sorry for the Giants because at that point they've got barely 100 yards of offense. And it's just like, just have another field goal or have a touchdown. It, but, you know, it's okay. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't in the <laughs> yeah, script. So, you know. <laughs> we've come out, I think we've covered everything, but uh, you're right. I think Debo needs a bit of love. So I'm going to go to Paul because you were keen. Keen to share the love for Debo. Yeah. 
I mean, 68 snaps. It was a career high receptions for him. As Lee said, not perfect. Hence my imperfect, perfect statement at the start. There was a couple of catches that I think he would have back. But he's the D-ball from that season, a couple of seasons ago, where he gets his the ball in his hands and <laughs> he just makes defenders miss. And that touchdown pass, I think yeah. he needs a bit more credit as a receiver. The route mm. run, the stutter step and go. He left the cornerback and then the way he brings that ball in. So we, we said it, Brandon Ayuk was out. Most other teams, Ayuk would be the number one receiver. As Nadji said, no BA, no problem. 19 comes along and it's just great to see him be the focal point of the offence. We all remember that amazing run against Dallas where he went out the sideline. He said, give me the ball, Kyle. And I think Shanahan put the ball in his hands. And it must have been awesome, Lee. To see oh, the stadium does. electric when Debo had that's the ball in his hands. Obviously, we're sat at home watching, but yeah. you're in the stand. How many did he? Five yeah, people? Just four people? Awesome. Five people. Yeah. The, 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 on players like that, the atmosphere does build up really, really quickly. And it was it was good to see. It was good to see. We were all willing to get past that final um, tackler. Um, but yeah, it was great to see. And like, like you said, Paul, I mean, I mentioned it earlier as well. Sometimes it's a little bit frustrating to watch Debo because his hands aren't the best. He, he drops passes that he sh- really should be pulling in. Um, but if you get the ball out from in the flat with a nice easy uh, ball straight to him where he doesn't need to do any work, then off he goes and you just can't catch him. You just can't tackle him. He's so elusive and he's strong, really, really strong. He's got that low centre of gravity where he's, he's almost like a running back, which is why we use him as a wide back. He can. He's got a change of speed. He's got a change of direction. Um, he makes he makes tacklers miss, and it's it's great. It's exciting. It's really exciting when he gets the ball, and I think that um, leads to such a good atmosphere when Debo does does start to break these tackles, because everybody's thinking, <laughs> is this the one? Is this the one where he's just going to wipe out the whole team in Goford? But it is it's great. I'm oh, glad yeah. he's on our team. 129 receiving yards, Gareth. So like you said, Lee said there, we use him as a wide back, but I think he was a true wide receiver. And it's nice to see Kyle sprinkle it in. So we've shown the love for 19. Mm. And I think there's probably some love as we move on to the player watch, which mm-hmm. Lee has already covered his player. Uh, I think Nagy's kind of covered his player, really, with Jordan Mason well, getting actually, a couple of snaps. So the I, floor I, I'll is I'll just yours, jump in because he's actually on pretty much Go every on, special team. Um, I think he's... I think he needs to earn his reps. I think that's the way he's out. Remember when uh, BA second season wasn't playing much? I think that's where Jordan Mason is at the moment. Mm. No, I wouldn't say in a doghouse, but kind of. And he just needs to show the grind and be trusted to get the reps in games. I think, you know, past years when he had them, it's kind of because he was number two because of injuries or whatever. Um, but now that he's number three, if he wants to get on the field, he's going to learn the reps. So, yeah, no, he's he's on pretty much every punt and kickoff. So you'll see him make a couple of tackles. He's very often near the ball, so you'll see him. Uh, but it's nice to see him. Two snaps. Yeah. On the offense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sticking with him. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, sticking with him. Good. So well, brief Jordan we... Mason interlude. Over to you, Paul. Well, to be fair to Nadji, it does link in because Nadji has alluded in our group chat to something I'm going to mention. So Rodney Bell, not just as a receiver, but as special teams, which Nadji was on the same page as me in the Discord group. But we will give him his love. First career reception in the NFL, 
first touchdown, just like he did in college, which surprised me. I think we were all amazed that Brock even put the ball up there. But to see him leap and come down with his feet in bounds, I mean, obviously he's my boy, so I was jumping around the front room celebrating. But equally as impressive was the tipped pass, which he brought in, which at first I thought was going to be possibly an interception. But the special teams, Nadji, I mean, I think it was a crucial fourth down stop and it was a great tackle that he put in there. And it shows what you have to do as a wide receiver in this team. But we've got number 10 jersey back out, hung up behind me for those of you watching on YouTube. But I mean, again, I've got the snap count for Ronnie Bell here because we alluded to last week. He took 31 snaps, Gareth. And I think, as he said, he, he fitted in well in the in the blocking. And it was just great to see that touchdown. So, Lee, another claim to fame. You were there when a number 10 had his first touchdown previously. You were there again on Thursday night. So, I made a, a mental note to mention that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't lost on me at all. Yeah, it was good to see that. Definitely. Yeah. I think he's going to be a I, special player. I, I do. You remember oh, yeah. that time mm. in the preseason where we saw Brock and... I was like, this guy's good. Ronnie Bell's got the same vibe. He's he's good. Yeah. He's very good. He, he needs does. to polish a few things. His, that route he ran mm. wasn't super crisp. But I he passes the eye test. So if we can keep him around and keep him training him and I f- yeah. I think he's gonna be a good player for us. A very good player for us. Oh yeah. Well I think if we if we keep sprinkling him in Come week 10, 12, 13, I, mm. I can see him going yeah, off too. on a game. It's The limitation is there's a lot yes. of mouths to feed on our offense. But Brock sprays the ball around. Um, Shanahan, um, as soon as you've got his trust, I think he won't mind putting you in on any situation well, if someone needs rest. We've been saying it. We're not going so, to be able to keep everyone. I think we are going to lose people. You know, somebody like Jawan Jennings, Somebody will give him a bigger contract than what we want to give him, I think. And it'll be perfect to replace somebody like that. Maybe even bigger names might get snatched up if we can't pay them because we can't pay everyone. That's the reality of the NFL. Um, so it's good to see that we got, we've got people coming up from the ranks and that can do the job. So. Absolutely. I think we've done the game. Uh, Lee, do you have the score I've predictions table and we can dissect it if we if we if we oh, so wish. certainly do. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's close. Neck and neck. Well, <laughs> close for some of you. Plenty of points. True. Oh, so, it could have been better. I was so close. It could have been better. So I'm sure Lee had a word with Kyle Nadji because when it we had 30 points, we could have scored another touchdown. And I was like, Mr. Gowland's had a word. He said, Paul's got 37 on his score prediction. I Don't just, be scoring I a touchdown one more field here, goal Jack, so. And that two-point crash. Yeah, it, it wasn't just me. <laughs> like, like I said no, I had, the, tweet, I had the whole goal mine chanting at Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> kneel <laughs> down, <laughs> kneel down. <laughs> That's why Sam Darnold yeah, came in. That, I knew it. Right. I knew yeah. you were responsible so for, for the people that listening on the podcast because realize this isn't very audio <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Lee and Paul both first on 19. Uh, me, sec- third, I guess, 
on 15 and Gareth trading with 10 points. But, you know, it's close. You can score 15 on one game. Mm. So you could be you could be first next week if you get yeah. it, if you nail it. <laughs> so there you go. I, I could, theoretically. Theoretically. I could, mathematically, I could be. Um, but... We've probably got more chance of winning the lottery, I think, but there we are. So the score predictions is going well. Um, yeah, like you say, it's still early, but a little bit of daylight opening up between you guys at the top there. So, yeah, I'd better, uh, just better predict my 30. ideas up. It's quite simple, really. It's just, it's just, it's pretty, I thought it makes it very easy with something. <laughs> it's pretty simple. We scored 30 points in three weeks. Mm, well, we should look forward yeah. to that. On the... Uh, on the Cardinals preview show where you'll have to get your thinking caps on for uh, what that score is going to be. Since we have recorded uh, the last show, uh, Shanahan and Lynch have had their contract I mean, extensions. That's not good time to do that's it. That's not Certainly the biggest I think news. They're worth it. Sorry. it seems a bit random moment. It, it, it's not the biggest news. What is, is the it? biggest well, news? We can talk about the biggest news in a moment. Cause I don't think we've said it, but we will say it in a second. Let's talk Kyle and, and John. Go on, Lee. You were there. Go on. I think. <laughs> See, so, 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 I was going to say. That Natchez goes absolutely. No, but you guys know. <laughs> you guys know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, the car, that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's it. We are. We we know. But right. before you let oh, the cow Oh right. Back, yes, yes. Yes. It's no coincidence, Gareth, that exactly. Lee Gowland yes. was in the Bay Area and they announced the contract extension. There was yeah. some truth to that tweet, Lee. It was very coincidental that yeah. a multi-year extension's agreed mm-hmm. just when you happened to be in the Bay Area. So thank uh, you for I that. took my it lucky great pen. News. <laughs> 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 you let them write whatever so they want on that piece of paper. You, you I, I, did. I haven't I seen did. any kind of details about length. Uh, so they just said, oh, they've signed for more years. And it's just like, great. I'm very happy about it. But how many yeah. more years exactly? Yeah, I, I, I don't okay. think details okay, so have been released. Okay. But I think this yeah, is, is the second extension. Yeah, it yeah is. it's got to have been the second mm-hmm. extension because they were given six-year yeah. terms at the start. They were extended four, after three or three four years. To 26. Yeah, so I'm three, guessing three, this yeah, is another three. six on top, I would imagine. Yeah. So until 29. 29. Or, yeah. Another yeah. three on top, sorry. Yeah. So not to 29. Yeah. Yeah, it makes would. sense, doesn't um, it? Makes yeah, sense. I think I think it's good for the team to kind of there was some sneaky rumours Nadia mm-hmm. that Lynch might go off at the end of the season for the TV money was Kyle on the hot seat after the Trey Lance picks and I think the organisation have said these are our guys he's a multi-year deal and it sends that message throughout the whole team doesn't it this is the John and Kyle show so yeah we I'm, I'm all we had a Kyle and really good discussion I'm on the delighted. group um, a few days ago about. Uh, the philosophy and what would you like? Would you rather win one or would you rather be relevant every year, even if that meant you lost four or five championships in a row? And I think that's a clear message that the way we're building this team and being relevant every year is the way we want to go. Ultimately, you can't predict results. And, you know, this kind of debate are obviously you know, relying on the fact that you know what's going to happen. <laughs> if you have the guarantee of winning one, obviously you would take that. But it's never guaranteed anything. So, you know, to me, it's if you can build a team that's making the playoff and being relevant and being one of the best teams talked about year after year, eventually something's going to break your way and you're going to win one because it does take a little bit of luck as well as a lot of things. So obviously we're going to choose that. And I think 
Kyle and John have proven that over the past years that they've been going with us, the team they've built is pretty amazing. And we still got 41 million in cap. So the way we're doing things is working. Let's do more of that until, until we win, not just one, but how many, however many they can. And, you know, you look at somebody like the Steelers, uh, they've only won one Super Bowl in a Tomlin era, but they've been relevant and they've been a good team. And I would take that over being the Rams and winning one and disappearing into the ether. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. I'm very happy about it. I think you guys agree. Losing sucks. Yeah, ex- Ask yeah. Broncos fan. God. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I think we've covered the game. We've covered the score predictions and the, and the Shanahan and Lynch news. Um, anything else you want to mention from your trip to the Gowlands, uh, gold mine, uh, Lee? Well, do you want to announce the, <laughs> the big news? It's already forgotten. Um, it's already yeah. Forgotten. Oh, go on then. Well, go on. Yeah. Go on. The big news. Well, let's do this properly. Let's get this breaking news on. Yeah. Um, there it'll go. be the four of us at the gold mine in November. Yay! I'm going to. You know, I couldn't Yay. let you go without me. Possible. Well, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to say it's going oh, to be the five coming, of us, of course, yeah, all yeah, content yeah. creators for 49 FBF in the UK will Nick's be there. Coming, of course. Because Nick yeah, is coming so. as well. So we've both got the live show and the podcast host and all there at the same undoubtedly time. Undoubtedly, we will try and pre-create content while we were over there, because why Why wouldn't we? Um, how that's going to yeah. look is, <laughs> we'll see. It's got time, two months ago, but <laughs> yeah, exciting. And I think we've got, what, 37, 38 confirmed now? So the gold mine is ours, essentially. Thirty-eight. So there's 30 two more confirmed. space, I believe. Yeah, thirty-eight. Uh, confirmed. Which I'm sure are going to get filled. Yeah. I'm which, pretty sure. It, 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 yeah, and that's more impressive when you, you look at what was there on Thursday night. So Thursday night there was a mm-hmm. mix of different fan chapters. Um, you had the Niagara Falls fan chapter there. You had Connecticut. You had the Mid Atlantic Nine Empire there. There was 49 Fear for UK there. So there's quite a few different fan chapters in together. Um, and it was actually a good, good bunch of people that were in there. Um, I ended up uh, going clubbing with, with a couple of them after the game had finished. Um, me at my uh, 50 years of age clubbing. Um, the next morning I was a little bit rough. And then on the, uh, the Friday night, we were all sat in the hotel where I was staying. There was a good five, six of us in there. Um, just talking nine of football on a few drinks, so it was really good. Um, so one of the guys, one of the guys, Joe Godley, um, I think he's Mid Atlantic Nine Empire. Um, on the Saturday, Friday morning, I decided to get an Uber to the nearest Costco, which was just the other side of the airport, in the hope that I might be able to get myself a Gold Bar whiskey, um, Joe Montana limited edition bottle. Uh, and just as I got out the Uber, he's Joe rocking up as well. Me, me and Joe looked at each other, and at the same time, we both said, "I'm here for a bottle of Joe." <laughs> and then we proceeded to giggle like schoolgirls, like schoolgirls, as though we were doing something wrong. <laughs> but yeah, there was a whole crate load of uh, whiskey there. It was just so funny that the way it happened. But yeah, some good guys out there. Um, met some brilliant people. I, I did an interview with um, Ty Austin. Oh, cool. So Ty came down to the hotel on the Thursday morning. Um, he brought a pretty good setup. Uh, he, he filmed on both the iPhone and iPad, um, wireless mics, 
it it went really well the whole setup was good i'm really looking forward to actually seeing it um i think the show's probably going to be about 25 nice. minutes to half an hour um obviously you would need to go back and edit that and uh, make sure everything was okay make sure the audio was okay because at the time you can't actually monitor it because of the way we did it um but that was fun it was fun to talk to Ty is um, amazing. Ty. um uh, I, th- I think uh, it kind of flew uh, really uh, We have well. to say thank you to Ty. He's promoting He's us so much, guy. and he, do- he really doesn't have to. Um, so people, go and find his channel. Go and find his podcast. Go and listen to him. He's very good, too, and he's super nice. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ty. See you in November. <laughs> Maybe. So so the gold mine last Thursday, and it was like a who's who of uh, content creators, to be honest, because you had no, uh, okay. Brian Culp was there wearing his Jack oh, wow. Moody number four jersey. Um, he's looking forward to seeing Paul in November. Um, his wife, Tony, who's part of the uh, East Coast Red and Gold podcast, as, as well as uh, Niners Jess, Bex, they were there as well. Um, David, um, I can't remember his surname, but he goes on Brian Culpshaw. Can't, can't for the hell of us remember his surname. And then there was somebody else whose name I've unfortunately completely forgotten. But I did follow them on YouTube, but I can't remember what they <laughs> called the show either. Um, hopefully, Bri- hopefully Bryant will uh, see this or listen to this podcast and he can let us know. Um trying to think who else was there. Well, I, I think as far as content creators, uh, that was it. John, John Chapman did pop round, come say happy birthday to us um, after he'd finished his tailgate and before he got round to his seat. Um, and, and believe it or not, so I stood in the gold mine and I think it was the third quarter, late in the third quarter, and um, it was either Lawrence Lofts or David Betteridge tapped us on the shoulder and says, there's a guy behind wants to speak to you. And I turned around and I was looking at this guy thinking, I don't recognise him. But then the penny dropped. It was actually the cabin crew off my flight over. I'd been stood talking to him when I was stood uh, trying to get rid of me cramp for three hours at the back of the aircraft. Um, and I just happened to mention I was going to the game, uh, which he didn't realise was on. He thought, great. I'll see if I can get myself oh, a nice. ticket. So he turned up. He turned up at the game and he came around the gold mine to find us to say, thanks for letting us know about this. Cool. I really enjoyed you it. You're fine. So thank you, Hosea, for making the effort to come around. Yeah. And I actually finally got to meet Steve Madden as well. So I don't know if you've seen Steve Madden's name in the in the group at all, but Steve works at uh, Levi Stadium. The first time I met Steve... He, he was already a member of the group. It was back in 2017. And this was the infamous um, aluminium edition video that went up. So we'd getting tickets to basically go anywhere we, where we wanted to in Levi Stadium. We could go down into all the, the, the posh bars, the hospitality suites. The only thing it didn't let us do was go field side. Um, and we hadn't realised that. We thought the tickets allowed us to go everywhere. So we tried to get field side. And it was actually Steve that stopped us. And he was doing his job. He didn't realise who we were at the time. Um, and then Steve's manager had come over because he heard the accents. And this is the part where he said, oh, do us a favour. Say aluminum for us. So I said, <laughs> so I said, aluminum, right? He says, no, no, no. Do it the way you say it. So what? Aluminium. And that was it. That's when he completely lost his shit. And he said, turned around to Steve and said, look, these lads can go anywhere. They want to let them go field side. So that's when we got field side right behind Cheaty Peaty and the rest of the Seahawks bench. Um, so, yeah, I was out uh, having me photo taken with a guy called Cash. Um, let me quickly have a look to see what his uh, name is on Twitter because I don't know his surname. Um, but it was nice of him to come. So he is party at 901 Bar. 
901 Club on, on Twitter. So he's the guy that was over in Liverpool last year and he reached out to us to say, look, uh, where can I see the game? Um, can anybody give us a hand around Liverpool? He got friendly with Martin Hughes. Um, him and Martin talk about Liverpool because he's a Liverpool fan. Um, and on the Wednesday night, after I landed, he said, look, do, do you want to meet up for a beer sometime? So there was a little bit confusion, right? Because I'd already arranged to meet David Betridge the next morning at uh, the Britannia Arms, the Brit, down in downtown uh, San Jose at 11 o'clock. I, I saw a message and I said, all right, I'm in. Meeting David uh, Betridge, 11 o'clock at the Brit. He says, that, that's fine. He says, tell you, can you make it at half 10? I said, yeah, yeah, I can, I can be down there whenever. You know, I've got nothing spoiling. Um, thought nothing of it. Um, had a couple of pints in the hotel. I went to bed about 10 to 9 because it had been a really long day for me. Quarter to 11, I get a call from uh, reception. There's a guy down in reception waiting for you. I says, really? <laughs> Are you sure he's waiting for me? And then I'm starting to think, who could this be? And I, I, the penny hadn't dropped to us. And I walked down, got myself out of bed, got dressed, walked downstairs, looking all over. I'm thinking, yeah, there's nobody here I recognise. But then I noticed there's a guy stood in a, a, a Montana Rice, Ronnie Reagan election campaign type T-shirt. And he's looking over at me and he says, uh, Lee, it's, uh, it's, it's cash, 901 Club. So I got talking to him and I didn't have the heart to him at the time to say, yeah, I'm in half ten tomorrow morning, not tonight. <laughs> and I'd already been in bed for like an hour and a half. So he says, do you want to grab a drink? I says, ah, go on then. So we actually ended up, yeah, he, he drove us round to the Marriott, which is the team hotel where the players uh, stay, in, in the hope that there was going to be some players there, but there weren't. Um, so we sat having a drink in there for maybe an hour, an hour and a quarter. Um, and I think it was on the way out of the Marriott, I think the penny dropped for him. And he turned around and he says, I've just realised you went half ten tomorrow, didn't you? I says, yeah, I did. <laughs> and then he was all apologetic. I said, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. it as, as, it as it happens, it turned out really well because the Marriott sold um, Anchor Steam on tap and Anchor Steam um, basically went bust back in June. So if you can find Anchor Steam, it's like gold dust because they're going to run out of it shortly. So that could have been my final drink of Anchor Steam in the team hotel the night before my 50th birthday at a game that I was going to be at. So it worked out well. That's Fantastic. something I will remember. Yeah, I think we can summarise that as a good trip, Lee. But it's, yeah, it's, it not, it's not your birthday yeah. anymore, so we're not indulging you. No, no. Uh, on to, on uh, to and your monologues for, for much longer. <laughs> we, we, yeah, 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 yellow flag on the player. Yellow, un unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct. I need that one. I, I, th I think we should wrap it up there. We've we've uh, we've crossed the hour the mark, and we, we have, have yeah. the uh, the extra ten minutes uh, that Lee's going to insert yeah. later. So I think we should wrap it up, unless you've got something burning that you want to say. I'll save it no? for Thursday. Good. Don't worry. Good. Yeah. Thank well, you. Thank you for joining me, lads. Uh, but I will now be on holiday, so mm. I'm going to leave you entirely unsupervised for three podcasts. That's the uh, Cardinals preview, Cardinals review, and sadly, the Cowboys preview. Um, but to make sure it's all fair and it is recorded for posterity, I'm going to make my score predictions now. Oh, oh, uh, we're going to beat Cardinals 37-17. Let's write that down. Will it be recorded? Uh, and we're going to beat the Cowboys 33-24. I like it, Garrett. 
I can yeah, always okay. tell you later. I've recorded it now. And thanks to everybody who does listen to the show. Giving the Cowboys too much credit. for Dallas. Couldn't, couldn't be the oh. Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. No, I am. Oh, I, oh, I perhaps am. But there we go. Or, I'm feeling jealous. Or are we taking the Cardinals uh, far too lightly? Can, can you remember mm. my boy that I wanted us to uh, draft? Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. Save it for yeah. Thursday. Two, <laughs> two, two, rece- two receptions for 86 yards. So if I can get them to shut up now, the boys will be back fully prepared and like a well-oiled machine between the uh, uh, awesome threesome they will be for the Cardinals preview show later in the week. Do enjoy the rest of your victory week and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Bang, bang, nan again. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with Rob Tom. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the side.